In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who promises that we will be like Him in the resurrection. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, did any of you ever get that assignment, maybe when you were in grade school or middle school, to uh, write what you were going to be like in uh, 10 years or when you were going to be like in in 30 years or or anything like that? Anybody get to do that? Anybody? No, I guess it was just my teacher. Um, uh, and, and I actually had two different teachers do two different things. Um, uh, one of them told me to write about what I would be like uh, in, in 20 years from when I was in seventh grade. And uh, the other teacher was, I was much younger. Um, I, I don't know exactly what grade I was in, but um, judging from, from the art level that I had, it had to be about second grade. Um, and um, she, she had me draw a picture of who I would be when I grew up. And it, it's an interesting question for us to consider that, that sort of uh, lengthy time period that um, is kind of hanging out there. What's it going to look like a, a year from now? What's things going to look like five years from now? What are things going to look like even beyond that? And um, it, it's interesting for me because um, uh, second grader Jay was much better at, at telling the future than um, seventh grader Jay was. Uh, second grader, um, I, I had in mind that I was going to be doing this job, actually. Um, now, that changed through my life because I kind of went through this crisis period where I was like, I don't know, I want to be doing this job. Um, uh, but second grader Jay knew, okay, uh, that, that's what you're going to be like. Uh, seventh grader Jay, uh, I was just all over the place, um, and it's probably not a good job to give that assignment to a seventh grader anyway, because if you were, if since all of us have probably been in seventh grade in here, um, you know how tumultuous a period of life that is. But but uh, it, it's it's a, a thing that that we do from time to time, and and maybe even a thing that we avoid to do doing from time to time, to say, well, what's the future going to be like? What's the future going to hold? And what am I going to be like when I step into that future? What kind of circumstances are going to be there when, uh, when, when 10 years from now rolls around? And how will I have to necessarily change in order to meet those things? Or in order to not meet those things. I think that's part of the reason that sometimes we, we kind of block off that time period. Because there's something about that time period of uh, whatever it is for you, uh, 10 years or 20 years or 30 years, that, well, we're not quite sure that that holds something good for us. And because we're not quite sure that it holds something good for us, we, we just say, well, I'm not going to think that far ahead. I, I'm just going to live in the present and that's going to be everything. In fact, I was, I was talking to somebody recently, and um, a, they, they said that in their, fi- in their family dynamic, that um, uh, there was somebody in their family dynamic who said, well, I don't make any plans beyond 24 hours before the event. And you go, how can you even do that? 
but uh, that that was what they did, and and so um, they were trying to make Thanksgiving plans, and uh, the, the the this person who was an uncle to that other person said, well, it's very nice that you're putting together Thanksgiving, and yes, I, I know that you're doing it, and um, it, it's now in my mind, but I'm not making any confirmation that I'm going to be there until 24 hours before Thanksgiving, which frustrated her just a little bit. But but we do have that sense of, of saying, well, I'm not going to make those plans. And we refuse to make those plans for all sorts of different reasons, but a lot of times it is because of that fear. And I think that All Saints Day comes with a little bit of that fear for us. Because every single one of us in this room, we're going to come to a number of years that we probably don't want to plan for. Because in that number of years, we will become one of the people for whom people are saying their names during that prayer that we say on All Saints giving thanks to God for their faith and their example while they were here, but now they're gone. And so all of us have maybe a date in mind right now that we're saying, well, you know, realistically, I'm not making any plans for that date. I'm not making any plans for 80 years out from now. I'm not making any plans from for 60 years out from now. I'm not making any plans for whatever it might be. And that comes with a little bit of fear. Because, honestly, we're not really quite sure about that whole changeover. We're sure enough that we can come here together and that we can receive that forgiveness and we can receive that assurance that no matter what happens, even death, that we're okay with God. But it's still something that, well, we're not quite sure what the plans look like beyond that. We're not quite sure how to plan for the resurrection. I mean, we try. We, we try very, very hard. And we come up with these, um, a, honestly, pretty ridiculous ideas about what the resurrection is going to be like. And so we start to try to prepare ourselves for what it's going to be like when we arrive at pearly gates on clouds. And St. Peter has a podium probably much like this one, with a book, and we try to imagine what we're going to say to him. Because we know that pop culture tells us that, well, he's kind of the gatekeeper. And if we don't say the right thing, oops. Or maybe we try to prepare in some other way maybe we try to prepare ourselves in in terms of thinking what it's going to be like to sing with choirs and choirs of angels and if you're like me you're just kind of wondering what it's like to sing and not have people like run away and it's this difficult thing to try to 
try to plan, try to prepare for a resurrection. Because honestly, deep down inside, we're not sure what we're going to look like. We're not sure what, what that's going to be like. In fact, John gives us a little bit of help, but then kind of um, uh, steals away some of the distinctives of it. Uh, John says that we're going to be like Jesus. And um, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to look like a 33-year-old Jewish carpenter. But John says that there's going to be something about you. Maybe it's not your appearance, but there's going to be something about you that is congruent with Jesus. There's going to be something about you that is so much like him that John can actually use those words and say, you will know him because you will be like him. Which if you just let your mind wash over those words of scripture and think about what that might be like. What that might be like to see somebody and to say, golly, you're, sh- you're, you're a lot like me. And I've just gone through a massive change here that I'm in the resurrection. And uh, I, I, I don't know much, but I know that I'm different. And I know that, yeah, you're still much like me. Are you Jesus? Just imagine what that will be like. That time that you you get to meet Him face to face in a way that you've never met Him face to face before in your life. In a way that you've never met anyone face to face like that because they will be like you. He will be like you. And that will mean everything. Because on that day, that hope that you hold inside of you right now, that hope will have purified you. That's what the scriptures say. That the hope that you have when it comes to that day of resurrection, when it comes to that day when you're at the throne room of God, when it comes to that day when you are meeting Him face to face, that the thing that is going to be so much alike between the two of you is going to be Jesus' own purity. It's so hard for us to comprehend that. Because our lives are so filled to the brim with sin and regret. Our lives are so filled to the brim with things that we know that we've done and things that we fear that we're going to do again. Things that are not pure. Things that are ugly and disgusting and gross. 
to know a life that will not have those things in it. That's what God promises you today. That's what the cross is all about. That when you get to that place, that you will have a life that doesn't have those regrets. It doesn't have those sins. It doesn't have those evil memories, those evil things that bubble up from your soul. And it's going to be so strange and so different. And you're going to see him and you're going to know him. Because all of a sudden, you've had a change in your soul that has made you absolutely pure. But he hasn't. He's existed that way from eternity. But you'll be able to recognize it in a way that you just can't even fathom today. Because you can't fathom what that purity feels like. And then, as you meet others, as you meet different people that are in this room right now, you will see that same purity of Christ in them. You will see that same purity that Jesus has in them. And it's not because of who they are or what they've done. But it's because of Him. The pure one who has made us pure. And so as you go about your day on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and next week when you come back here, you get to, first of all, imagine what that purity feels like. And secondly, you get to try it on because you know that that has been given to you in your baptism. And even though you don't hold it fully in your soul right now, even though you do have those regrets, even though you do have those sins, even though you do have all of that, that you can return to your baptism and you can say, I have His purity. And one day, I will know fully what it's like to be pure like He is because of what He's done for me. Amen.